When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Namaste, motherfuckers. Welcome to Namaste, motherfuckers, the only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well-being collide. The podcast where the life-changing stuff happens. I'm your host, Callie Beaton, and this episode is called Point Blank. And if you haven't already, please do remember to rate, review and recommend the podcast. Namaste to you for doing that. But back to today's show, which is all about creativity. Bill Watterson, the cartoonist and creator of the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, said once in an interview, you can't just turn on creativity like a faucet. You have to be in the right mood. What mood is that? He was asked. He replied, last minute panic. But actually, studies have shown that procrastinating makes people more creative, by which standard I should have a prolific output. And we talk a fair bit in this episode, of course, about creativity. That's why that's the theme. But we also talk about how it's impacted by environment. And apparently, working in a messy room or at a messy desk improves people's creativity. Now, that does explain a lot because I am quite tidy, apart from my pants drawer, which is a disgrace. A 2014 Stanford University study found that going for a walk doubles your creativity. Doesn't matter whether you go outdoors or just do laps of your bedroom. And Somerset Maugham, the playwright, once said, there are three rules for writing a novel. Unfortunately, no one knows what they are. Dogs in podcasts, I think is only going to get you more views and more more listens. That's one of my two guests today, who are the co-hosts of the hit Blank podcast, Giles Paley-Phillips and Jim Daly. Argle Bargle, Argle Bargle, describes copious but meaningless chat or writing. So we've definitely got that covered in this episode. Uh, Sorry, no offence, Giles and Jim, I was being self-deprecating. Anthony Burgess was fired from the Yorkshire Post for writing a negative review of a book he had written under a pseudonym. In creative writing, the practice of substituting proper names with descriptive phrases for fear of seeming repetitive is known as the Burley Detective Syndrome. And let's end the trivia with a Maya Angelou quote. She's always great for a quote, isn't she? This is one of hers that I love. You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Hi. He's coming in. There Hi, he is. I'm so sorry. Jim Daly and Giles Paley Phillips launched their brilliant Blank podcast in 2018 when they were each having their own blank moments. Giles was trying to write a new book and Jim was wanting to get back into stand-up. They launched the podcast with the intention of looking at other people's difficult blank moments from career to creativity to relationship to writer's block to burnout or bereavement. In each episode, they chat to a different celebrity about how they get through the moments when things aren't going to plan. To say that their roll call of guests to date is impressive is a little bit of an understatement. Their launch episode was with John Ronson, and they've since had everyone who's anyone, including Stephen Fry, John Sweeney, Louis Theroux, Dawn French, Kelly Holmes, and Les Dennis. The three of us talked about creativity, kids, therapy, podcasting, writing, stand-up, online dating, well-being, toilets, winging it, football, co-hosting, 
cafes, intimacy, loss and resilience. But I started by asking them what kids they've each got. I've just got the one. One uh, two and a half rod and then another one on the way in October. Oh, lovely. Well, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. On imminent excitement. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess excitement four months ago. And mm. uh, what about you, Giles? I've got two boys. Uh, one's 15 and one's 13. And it's very weird saying those ages now because it seems like it doesn't seem that long ago I was those ages. Um, I know. But it, clearly it was a long time ago. Um <laughs> As do you, you find you say the ages like and you want people to say what that you like you want them to be yeah. shocked that they're that old because I, so I want young. them to say oh my god you can't possibly be the father of a 15 year old <laughs> I have uh, but they I, just look at me and say oh yeah oh, okay I thought they'd be older <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used I was saying to someone yesterday I used to say on stage I'm in my 40s and get a gasp then yeah. I then I change it to I'm in my I'm 50 I'd get a gasp but now I have to go I'm in my mid 50s to get any kind of a gasp <laughs> yeah, just I, I'm, I'm 86 <laughs> yeah exactly and then they're like <laughs> yeah. no uh, and when I say my kids are in their 20s again I have a good joke about like explaining that I had them very young but I don't need it anymore because everyone's like yeah sure sure you yeah. kids are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that figures fine <laughs> tell us we didn't know <laughs> well it's so nice to have you both on and I was saying to um, Jim I absolutely fell in love with blank I came across it because Aww. when I interview people for this podcast one of my favorite bits of research is listening to other podcasts with them guesting on I'm sure you guys do the same and you've yeah. had just about everybody who's anybody on your podcast so you've, you yours kept popping up with all the kind of names I had so I got into listening to it for research and then I just was like I just bloody love this oh thank so you I so I'm really really pleased you're coming on and I don't know do you often get interviewed as no. opposed to interviewing <laughs> no okay no. <laughs> so this could go any which way <laughs> who knows how this will go yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've done a few together haven't we like we did like radio five live that that was quite interesting and then um yeah, we uh, we haven't done that many together. There are some episodes where we talk more about ourselves <laughs> than we plan to. So I think there are, there are some episodes where maybe we do talk, talk a bit more than the guest. But uh, normally, yeah, we're asking the questions. But I, don't I, know. Like I think bits. you can tell, Jim. I think you can tell actually. There's there's something plaguing one of us that it comes up quite a lot. You know, because we I mean we, we I know we say <laughs> this a lot when we're doing the podcast. It's our therapy session, but I think we yeah. literally do abuse it as a, as a therapy session sometimes but that's the lovely bit about podcasts isn't it and actually yeah. that's the bit I loved about yours was I love the guests but you really want that insight don't you and that sort of a bit of a or just something that makes you not feel like such a dick if your day's not going well or you're having all those <laughs> yeah, same yeah. sort of inner turmoil <laughs> other you basically want everyone's life to be a bit shit and then yeah. you're like that feels good now if um, someone comes on the podcast and we're like how are you doing and they're like great and we're like yeah. any blank moments they're like no we're both like well, can you fuck off then, please? Yeah. Well, when we, I we come need... on, let me tell you, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> You'll be like, how many hours you got, Kelly? You're a hot mess. That's Just great. Sorry, no, we've, got, we've got to wrap up, actually. It's been yeah. four hours. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the queen of hot mess. Uh, mind you, that doesn't sound right either. Let's take that away uh, from the edit, Mike, the producer. So I should know this. I know your podcast and I love it. I don't know how you two know each other. Go on, it's not, do you know, it's, I wish it was a more interesting story uh, that we'd met sort of, under a certain tree in the candlelit moonlight of but no we're just both crystal palace fans that's that's essentially how we met but uh, not all crystal palace fans have a podcast together as that i know of no there are more creeping up actually at the moment there are yeah there are quite a few it's a busy space on the internet um but no i do one and giles listened and then giles wanted to start blank and thought who do i know that does a podcast oh jim does one i'll ask him and asked I don't think it was quite as uh, I think Jim's doing himself down a little there. Oh, uh, it's like it wasn't just a case of who do I know <laughs> that can hold my hand through this process. No, I look, really love Jim's energy on on his podcast, and I thought Jim seems like a nice guy. I think I could get on well with Jim. And funny enough, when we got to, started talking about the sort of theme of the podcast, it was you know obvious that we were both having our own kind of inner turmoil around creativity, and and, and it was a perfect fit really. Um, and then obviously once we'd met, it was, um, I was thinking, is there someone else I could ask? Um, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was obvious straight away that we, we would get on and it was, uh, yeah. And it's obviously been, um, been very, very enjoyable ever since. That, that was a nice moment actually, wasn't it? Meeting for the first time. 
Because I don't know about you guys. I haven't met many people off the internet. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Because it is obviously like a sort of... It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Yeah, it's a new you... thing, though, isn't it? People have Twitter friends and stuff like that and Instagram friends, and they sort of meet up with them and stuff. And I tend to kind of avoid that. But meeting you was just like meeting... <laughs> An old friend. Wow, I'm so corny. Oh, um, I feel but like it, you guys should just go get married or something. We this should do, so yeah. Lovely. And then we can have kids together and we can yeah. fulfill our potential. Do um, you, it's funny you say you haven't met people on because I've you both have partners, don't you? So I've been yeah. I've done online dating for, on and off for about oh, two right. decades. So I'm like when you're saying I'm not used to meeting people from <laughs> online, I'm like I am used to meeting people online. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm, I'm interested to find out more about that because obviously I met my wife pre kind of. I mean, I guess did we even have. I don't even know if we had Facebook then. God, going back, isn't it? We How wouldn't have old Facebook. are you, Giles? I, I'm, I'm um, 112. I'm not no, thinking um... your children shouldn't be teenagers. <laughs> they should be in. The, they should be gyms. Is Jim um... one of your children? <laughs> he is. He is. Giles didn't have um... a computer. I think when he met his wife. <laughs> yeah, I think no, he was no, just we behind have... the times, Giles, because they did have those things. Yeah, no, that, I think. Um, well, we met in the early noughties, so I think yeah, it would have been. Um, it wouldn't have been. There wouldn't have been social media. There was certainly. We only just. I think we only just got like mobile phones. So and we only just texting. got email as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah email so was, was fairly new. Yeah. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so I was, you know, pre those times. So I'm interested to know what it's like having, like we talked about earlier. I think it came up on the podcast last week about last week about um, on blank about meeting people in the real world that we've kind of got to know quite well online, and then meeting them, and it can sometimes be a little bit awkward. I think um, it's how's um, it is it all right in a, in a yeah because can imagine in a dating it's kind not of all right it's horrendous <laughs> Joan Rivers just to drop her name in Joan Rivers said to me because her daughter was online dating at the time she said the the odds are good but the goods are odd uh, and she said it <laughs> yeah. with an American yeah. accent uh which I can't do uh what it is is and you this is kind of an interesting thing for anyone who hasn't done it what you realize is you can build incredible rapport with somebody via text or via a social mm. media exchange that feels really and you're like I'm absolutely sure this person is going to be a person I get on with and it really is not the case I always think hearing someone's voice which is why what we're all doing I think you do get a sense of someone yeah. if you listen to mm. it so I always it used to be that I would always arrange a date via a phone I would always say let's speak to arrange a date which yeah. was actually code for that's the next stage in your audition because um, I wouldn't always <laughs> do the date um, and now obviously voice notes are amazing so now yeah. I just switch on to voice notes quite quickly and then at it's least I'm idea, like yeah. you get a bit of a better sense um, but yeah. yeah, it is. It's a weird thing. And then I also have an out, like which it's harder to when you. Well, I guess you guys had that as well. But I'll always say I can meet you at seven, but I've got to be somewhere at eight thirty, yeah, even nice. if I absolutely don't have to be anywhere. And then if they're really nice, I'll say, oh, I don't really have to be anywhere. Do you want to have another drink? But I always have a hard close, not in that way, because I think I don't want to. I don't want to have to be stuck here and be rude. Yeah, so do those you have? Are my a, tips. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Do you have a friend or a relative that can, yeah. can call you? Like, yeah, you, know, I, you so, don't need to. Really oh my god, to... what the 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 pipes of girls! Oh I was god. that guy. I did that for my, for one of my friends when we lived in. Did Putney. you? He met a girl on the night. What did you have to? What was the excuse? What did you I have to said, say? So we lived in the same flat. I said we've been broken in. I said, oh, I said, quite. That's I won't quite say his hard. name. That's I said, quite mate, we've been we've been broken. Big in. Lies. Come back. We've, we've been broken in. Yeah, it's a big lie. If you ever saw her again, to I guess to sort of hold up. Um, but yeah, I had to go really big. I had to be quite loud on the phone. If you don't want to do it too big, because that person might say, "I'll come and help." Exactly. I'm really sorry your dad's been in an accident. My dad's a policeman, actually, so I could pop round. I know all the procedure. Exactly. No, I do. I used when the kids were little, it was quite handy because I could always say something. The babysitter's been in touch. Um, I've got to go back. That's I remember using that excuse yeah. when somebody did know the age. But he was like, "Isn't your youngest 16? I was like, "Yeah, but you know what they're like. Sometimes they just want their yeah, mum. You don't want to leave them on their own. <laughs> so they just she gets quite needy. And now the puppy <laughs> is the excuse. So last night I put the puppy with us. I, I took the puppy to a mate's house. Um, and he, when I met the guy, he was like, "It's." Really, and by then, I realised I liked him. Uh, I thought he was nice, and he said, "I'm like, it's really sweet of you to get your puppy with a puppy sitter." You know, I love dogs. He'd have been fine to come. I said, "No, I only got the puppy with a sitter in case I need an out." So, uh, and he was like, "Thanks for being honest." Well, I was thinking also, yeah, I, I guess um, the other person's probably got some sort of strategy as well. So, I guess when you're going in there, both of you attentively knowing that there's there's an out. Somehow. And also that the person who's most likely to murder you is the person who you end up taking home who you don't know. So you're both eyeing each other up going, are you the, are you a serial killer? God, or are you a nice person? Mm. As always, that stakes are high. It's like, war. Really high. it's like war strategy. <laughs> 
it is. And also having done it for a long time, I feel like I should probably advise younger people about how to navigate the choppy waters of online dating as a sort of veteran. Don't you think there should be some kind of like seminars? Like, okay, maybe that oh, should absolutely. be probably should actually. Yeah. yeah anyway, should. this is turning into an episode of your podcast where you're, I need to ask you things. <laughs> yeah, we need to save some of this. Oh. <laughs> we need to say, well, let's yeah. just roll it out as both we'll and see if anyone notices. Yeah. <laughs> just do different intros. Um, but so anyone who's listening who does not know what your podcast is about, because I do want to talk about how you got into it, because it's very interesting what was going on with both of you at the time your paths crossed. So what is Blank? What's it about? Charles, do you take this, Charles? Because it, okay, okay. it was your sort of your baby. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> um, so I, so I think for me, I was going for a period of, um, uh, I guess, I, I writer's block, I say to a certain extent. But I was, yeah, I was finding it probably at a bit of a crossroads with 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 creativity, and in, in that I was, I think I was working on a book at the time, but then thinking, you know, what other things can I be doing as well? And which I have had various moments of that in in various times through my creative life. Uh, happened when I was in a piece played a band for many years, and then that's how the writing kind of started. So, and obviously podcasts. I was listening to a lot more podcasts at the time, and getting into them and thinking, "Oh, this is I'd like to do something like this," and also just coming across more well-known people across social media and stuff and thinking oh, I quite like to talk to some of these people so it was a kind of combination of all those things I suppose and then wanting to sort of find out if other people were having you know other successful creative people had these moments of um slight despair around creativity and that's kind of how the main idea of it came out and this idea of blankness you know or um that we that we all have and then obviously spoke to Jim about it and and I think when so I think at the beginning of it, it was certainly about creativity and those those blank moments in creativity. But as soon as we started recording the first few episodes, it was obvious that that concept meant other things to different people. So it wasn't necessarily just about creativity. It was about difficult moments in their actual lives, whether that be through work or through personal stuff. So it could be that, you know, um imposter syndrome obviously comes up quite a lot and that does often reflect creativity but there was things like social anxiety and grief and um uh general general mental health issues all these issues to come up um and it was obvious that blank had a quite a wider a bit of a wider scope than just about creativity and was there yeah. so was it a happy or unhappy coincidence Jim that you were because what was going on with you at the time so when Giles approached you um, was it twenty eight? It was twenty eighteen, wasn't it? Um, Even I know that from a bit of basic research. I think you should know that. First. I should know that. Uh, yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Um, I was. Uh, I don't know. I, I was hoping. You were Yahoo at the time, weren't I was you? Yahoo. I, think, I guess yeah. that was coming to an end, or it was kind of. No, that went for another year. Mm. Um, but we knew we knew we were. <laughs> we know nothing about each other. Basically. We knew. Have you ever met? <laughs> Is it just one of it's you pretending complete to be two of you? It's on a, oh, that's such a good idea. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, I was at Yahoo doing a football show and doing comedy sort of bits on that. Um, but desperate to get back into stand up, having sort of stopped. I just sort of it just sort of like petered out. I didn't basically. notice you'd stopped, although lots of people do that, don't they? They kind of they ease out and ease back in. I always wonder why anyone ever says I've stopped because I think no one would notice and you just crack on yeah, when you want no one, to. No, so true. No, no one, one cares. No, no, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally feel shouting out of an open window. No one gives a shit. No, so true. So no one gives a fuck whether you're doing well or badly. No one, no, everyone's doing. No their own one thing. cares about no us no. um, and that's where we'll end the podcast thank you for coming <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and we've learned nothing exactly so you so you had because I don't we met when I just started which wasn't long before that um a couple of years before that did we do the yeah. gig in the toilet we did a yeah potentially do you remember there was a fundraiser in a toilet was that you yeah 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 I think that was me maybe that was, was a day I went to was, I can't remember yeah, no, no there was and you were there with some of the guys from your course or something yeah that's i think that was my first that was my first ever gig outside the course and you were, were you emceeing it or doing something at it 
I was I don't remember I was I don't think I was emceeing it but I was definitely there you were like the only yeah. person just hanging around the toilet you knew what you were doing and then there were a load of us off of course I remember that wasn't there, there, was like a, there was like a long winding staircase to get to the stage or something if I made, made that up yeah it was there was a to- toilet with a... Giles is like look you've lost me now I've got an ill kid can we just get back on? Giles, this, is, <laughs> Giles, this is the glamour of stand-up yeah this is it so I'd seen you in a toilet um and then I think we our paths crossed a bit over the next couple yeah. of years so along that time you stopped a bit yeah, I started doing, I did my usual thing. So, of, it could be you, Callie, that was instrumental in Jim stopping. I am wondering now. And he's looking a bit, do you see, he's looking a bit traumatised. He's, he's confusing yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember I that like toilet that gig. Jesus, that was the beginning of the end for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the beginning of the beginning for me. So it was one of those sweet yeah. little tipping points. For yeah, I knew at that point, I can't keep doing this in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even go to the toilet for a week after that, could you? <laughs> um what was I, I basically I did my usual thing of like trying to branch out and do other stuff. So I started I started hosting a show on Joe.co.uk, a football show. Um, wasn't there very long either, and started doing other bit. I thought oh, I could be a presenter and a host and do this stuff. And and by virtue of doing that, my sort of concentration on stand up sort of waned a little bit. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I still kind of have that now a little bit of of, of like struggling where to focus on stuff. Me too. Um, it's, and it's really hard with stand-up, isn't it? That you, yeah. and again, don't want to preempt what we'll talk about in your podcast, but I find it really hard when you're doing lots of, so I do four or five different things of which stand-up is one. Yeah. And it's so hard to put the, it's not so much the time in the week, although I, I think we're probably all time poor, but it's the actual managing to take the leap mentally from, oh, I just did a speech for KPMG and now I'm going to go on stage at the comedy store. And in yeah. between those times, trying to write stuff and get, so I find I can actually physically turn up and, and somehow sort of dial it in. But do I put in the sufficient amount of creative energy into writing stuff, thinking about it, trying new brave things? absolutely not half the time because I'm like like today I'm literally going from like four different things to another all different and I'll do them but none of them obviously this is beautifully researched but the rest of the things today I'll just be flying in by the seat of my pants but it's hard isn't it to well that's a skill isn't it I do I do think sort of um winging it for a better term is a life skill I I actually do think (laughs) is that the name of your first book winging it is a life skill (laughs) yeah yeah, actually I'm gonna let that down um I, I actually genuinely think winging it is sort of maybe my main life skill in a way i think we're I all like a, a bit like that to be honest yeah, I think, yeah we're hardening ourselves thing? about the winging it thing we say it in a negative way but actually i think we got kind but of you couldn't wing it. it in other industry like you can't i wing think it you can as a, plumber. What, as a surgeon no maybe not a surgeon pilot i think you can i think you can as a as a plumber mate i think you can definitely wing it really and that's a very well-paid winging it little thing to get it so we could all just go out and be plumbers do you reckon I, but I, I think about that every day. Why didn't I just do a trade? Why didn't I just do... Because you like wanted, a, um, your back would be really bad if you'd been a plumber for 20 years. Yeah. That's what all the... But my back's plumbers, already bad. Okay, well, then you should have been a plumber. That's Whenever, having such a sedentary job. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you need to be a plumber. Whenever I say to plumbers who come here, you, you've got the right... Because they're always like, we're so busy. I'm like, you've got the right job. And then they all tell me their backs are fucked. Oh, I mean, I that might the... be because they think I'm having a sort of porn moment where I'm like, well, I've always thought I should be, and they're like, my back's really bad, love, just put the kettle <laughs> sorry, on. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Get over yourself. <laughs> wow, chicken, wow, wow. It isn't what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my back's out. Um, but is it so, because how do you, um, in terms of what you both do then, so you've both got a lot of irons and a lot of fires, and obviously I understand a bit more of your work in life, Jim, although I'm not um, so into the football side of it, but I kind of get a little bit. I the... just listened to the Chris Sutton episode. <laughs> I wish I'd had you on that. Do you... I was thinking that. What did you think, Jim? What really good. Your... I really it... enjoyed it. <laughs> it you right? winged it well. Oh you my winged God. It well, well, I winged it with ownership, didn't I? I was like, I yeah, don't know anything yeah. about football. He was an amazing guy, actually. I was, I, yeah. I, I've had no insight into football because it's not my thing, but I, you'll understand this. Obviously. I think he's fascinating. He I is fascinating. Yeah. What an interesting man. I met him on a well I think we said in the podcast I met him when I was helping ex-Premier League footballs become after dinner speakers and he was so interesting and it was really interesting watching him on stage and he was just trying to show he won't mind me saying this because it sort of came up in the conversation he had all these lovely moments that were big moments that people had seen on screen probably or seen you know watching him being at the game and but he wasn't showing any of the moments of himself and then when he came off, having done his little bit that I commented on, he started telling me all these things that had happened. 
Yeah. I was like, that's what you want to start with. Like, that's yeah. your story. Mm. Like your kids having been told not to wear your shirt in a shopping mall by somebody who didn't know that they yeah. were your kids. Yeah. That is yeah. a, that's your in. Yeah. And you've but got he, everyone then. But it's funny. He has a persona on Five Live and BT and stuff where he works of being slightly curmudgeonly and almost a bit sort of Piers Morgan-y, like just sort of like contrary for the sake of it. And yet actually, when I heard him on your podcast and other stuff, I think there's way more to him. There's way, yeah. he's, oh, there's he's so way more layered. Oh, he plays on that I think definitely. he plays when on they, it. When, when it's him and like Robbie Savage doing 606 yeah. and stuff, they definitely, he's, he, like you say, he's a contrarian. He'll yeah. say the opposite of whatever just to get a, but then it's good radio, isn't but it? But people, but then people think that's all there is. And I think and he's actually, a right soft. He's got kids, horses, yeah. dogs, yeah, happily yeah. married for however long. Yeah, he's an absolute, absolute sweetheart. So I don't, so as you know, Jim, first time, I don't understand anything about football, but I do understand little bits about other things you do, but I don't understand much of the life of, someone actually managing to churn out books Giles because to me that's always like as anyone who listens to this knows I'm always in absolute awe of anyone who instead of talking about a book produces one so I've got stuck at stage one okay Um, so you're managing you say you have and I'm sure you do creative and kind of writer's block but yet your output's been quite impressive well that's very kind of you to say um yeah and I think well I guess with the writing as well what I guess maybe is has kept me kind of going is that I've sort of de- deviated slightly, you know, like I started off mainly writing children's books and in the last few years, I've kind of started writing adult fiction and, and obviously we did a book based on the not um, adult fiction, just to confirm. Yeah. 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 So not, not, not 18 plus, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, books for grown ups. Um, but yeah. And, and obviously we did the, the blank book, which was based on the podcast, which was very much, you know, more of a nonfiction book. And I really enjoyed that process as well. So I think, I guess, keeping that appetite alive and wanting to, yeah, just do different things within the, you know, writing. And I've just recently written a screenplay as well. So I think just constantly Slip wanting to sort of in do like stuff. It's not even I know. a thing. You've just written a Beautiful. screenplay. Uh, just, this you know. morning, just woke up. Oh, I got <laughs> Is that where you were 10 there. minutes late writing your screenplay? Yeah, I bashed out a screenplay <laughs> yeah. in 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so That's I think, a yeah, just trying skill, to keep though. it interesting. Screenplay, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've always been massively into films. And actually going back, probably one of the first things I ever wanted to write was a screenplay because I've always just, I just love the medium. Uh, and it's taken me like, you know, 15 years to kind of come around to doing it but you know it was a brilliant opportunity and I've really loved it and want to do more now um love the process um so yeah that's um but then you just it's all then you're back into that another creative industry where you're going to get rejected uh, I mean that's so, a given yeah. right so we yeah, know yeah. that so, so yeah, let's yeah, just fine. hop around all of them yeah uh, getting rejected <laughs> it's nice to spread the rejections yeah exactly yeah. you know yeah I've done music I've done I've done I've done, I've done literature podcast now it's um now it's film it's all extending your little black book, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh my God, another 25 people have known my email and have said <laughs> yeah. no. I, I feel yeah. very connected. And do you find in terms of, so so with the premise of the podcast, where you both happened to be when you met, just tell me about that first meeting when you did actually meet. Did you was look in, like your profile pictures? <laughs> it was in Wimbledon. I think you were in between. No, it wasn't. Doing, it was yeah, it was. Right? I thought it was in yeah, it was. No, no, it was in Wimbledon. No, see, he's always forgotten. No, the first time we met Jim was in Wimbledon, a cafe. You were filming, I think you were doing Yahoo or something. This is like when you ask people in an audience how long they've been married and and, and the husband says a different story to the wife. And you're like, how good is this marriage? It was only a brief meeting. You were having a break from something and it was just literally just meeting. And then we, and then later we met up in Brighton and sort of. Yeah. Brighton's the one I remember because we spent sort of. Yeah. And we did a little video and stuff to like. We made a little video to promote the podcast and we sat in that bookshop and had coffee for ages. Yeah. So you that, knew you knew the chemistry was right as soon as you Yeah. Well, but I follow Giles on Twitter anyway. So I sort of obviously and I know like you can only get so much revived from Twitter, really, but like I and I knew what his ethos was and, and I could see he was someone that was cared about sort of being positive and stuff. So I liked that already. So I felt like I'd probably like him. Um, but it's very different when you meet in person. But it was just it was just an easiness, I think, to chat to Giles. And I think that was just Especially if you're going to do a podcast, you need to be able to like chat and bounce off each other and not sort of be weird and stilted. But and he said stilted there, which is very different. But uh, it was, um, yeah, it was just an easy, nice chat that went on for it. It's like it's like a good date, basically. Oh, I love to hear about this. And I've just been looking in all the wrong places. I just need to go out and talk to fellow podcasters, and I probably wouldn't find the need to be on dating apps anymore. Namaste, motherfuckers. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 
6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And is it in terms of the, um, well, one thing I'm sure it has been said before, maybe I shouldn't say it, but your voices do sound a little bit similar. Has that been said before? It has. I've had someone said that before. To me. I've actually never heard, I actually haven't heard that. But I yeah, could, it does I sound, you sound a little bit similar. I wanted to see what people are listening now. I have actually only got one guest, uh, dear listener, and we're pretending <laughs> it's two. But I do think, uh, yeah, you do sound slightly similar, but there's also, I think there's, because there's such an ease to what you say, that does, that is the really lovely thing, the kind of entry point for the shows is you two. You, you, well, that's what you want in a podcast, don't you? Like you've fallen into yeah. someone's conversation. Well, it's not fake, is it? The way Giles and I talk, it's not. It's not made up like we are. No one but would write that shit if I'm honest. Yeah, it's funny you There's, say that. You can tell it's no preparation. No prep. Zero <laughs> prep. You're like, oh, nice. No, <laughs> these guys are keeping it loose. Oh, they're talking shit. And they're talking a lot of old shit. But Giles, we, remember, there was that lady, really kind lady, who transcribed a couple of our episodes once, the early episodes. Mm. And actually, I remember then she, um, she often put. Giles said this, Jim said this, and got it the wrong way around. So that that was a moment I thought, oh, actually, maybe. We Why do did sound she similar. transcribe them? That's what I'm more interested in. Was well, she like she was, was it a Glenn Close moment? Or no, 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 she no. she was um she did a lot of stuff for people with who were hard of hearing and like with hearing disabilities. Well, that's pissed and all over so, my joke about Glenn yeah, Close. Yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry. It was actually quite a serious <laughs> thing. And uh <laughs> yeah, she was she was doing it for, for people that who might like to read the transcripts. But she only did a couple of episodes and hasn't done it since, so clearly didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's also quite a niche market i might be wrong yeah, um, maybe. yeah, I, yeah. Think True, yeah. I think it possibly is a niche market so when you started i've i've tried doing i've done a couple of podcast pilots i did quite a bit with the wonderful neil delamere who'd be a great blank guest as well he's just such a very inspirational guy and we were looking at piloting something that was quite like namaste motherfuckers but with him and me we were doing it with the guys at qi and we did loads of pilots during the lockdown, mainly because we just got on and it was nice for me to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I and I loved working with Neil, and it didn't. It wasn't that it didn't come off because of anything to do with our chemistry, but it did make me realise there were pros and cons of doing one together. Like I do mm. love the fact with this one. I, sometimes it's a bit lonely, but equally I fit it in when I want. I do the yeah. intro how I want. No, I've got obviously producers, but no one's really bothering. And but equally, it's quite heavy on you to try and develop the atmosphere all on your own and come up with pithy yeah. intros and stuff. So, I mean, I know you guys can't probably say I'd rather do it on my own. But what is it like doing a podcast as <laughs> I'll a kind of you later, privately. As I, impl- implicit double act? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I've always like I love coll- collaboration anyway. I've been, you know, I started my kind of creative life work planning bands and stuff, and so collaboration's always been something I. I do. And even in writing, which is quite a solitary thing to, to be in with, once you've kind of sent that first draft off and, you, you know, you're working with a publisher, then it's massively collaborative. Uh, so I've always enjoyed collaboration and I really always wanted to, And I think there are a lot of those kind of Frost Nixon style kind of podcasts where it is one on one. And there's nothing what that's, you know, they're brilliant as well. And I think you do get good energy. But I think it would be nice. I thought it'd be nice for to do it with someone else and have have three voices in the room as opposed to just just mine. And I think actually, if you want to try and tell the, the difference between Jim and I on the podcast, um, Jim often comes in with a sort of more ph- philosophical kind of opaque kind of um, themes uh, and stuff. And I'm the one that's sort of driving the questions constantly. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely. I I'm the more organised of the host. I thought that was a diplomatic yeah. way of having a dig at Jim. Yeah. I was just trying to work out what the <laughs> no, actual no, message no, was. No, because to be honest, when people's, if ever people come up to me, or I don't know, that happens very often, but if anyone remarks on the podcast, they're always like, oh, Jim comes up with such brilliant, like metaphorical kind of content. And then they never ever mention like my delivery or quality of questions. But the pod wouldn't happen without. Uh, there was a tweet going round saying um, every podcast has one person that does loads of research and one person just reacts to questions, and, and that's exactly, that's yeah, exactly I what that's I am. Right. Is that really true? Is that really the case? So, Giles, do you do the research and Jim responds? I would say I probably do more research than Jim. Yeah, um, but then I, I also I would say that I, you know, I what my role is often to book the guests and and to so and I, I tend to try and build up a relationship with the guests before they come on anyway so even if it's just you know a couple of messages via 
social media or whatever it might be, just so that you we kind of have a little bit of rapport. So when we come on, it's not like, oh, hi, we've never met before. We've never spoken before. How um, are you getting? Because your guests are phenomenal. Your first episode was John Ronson, who I very I haven't tried to get on this, but I would love to get him on this. Um, and you've had amazing people. Your most recent one was Arthur Smith, which I love. And I had him on. He was one of my first ones. John Sweeney. Louis Theroux, Kelly Holmes, Les Dennis, you've had incredible, you, you seem to get looking at the roll call of episodes since it started um, best part of four years ago. It looks like everyone you've, you've won, you've managed to get. They always say you teach what you most need to learn, don't they? And I know that when I, I still do a bit of coaching and some other bits and pieces, and I always um, get so much out of conversations, unlikely conversations about topics that you're not curating and where you're letting someone else show you the way and you're, dancing to their beat you know which is what podcasts are if you do them well I think and it's what coaching is so in terms of your own development your podcast to listen to gives me massive pause for thought and insight and actually honestly sometimes bits that have come out of it have come you know when you think oh I heard that just I needed to hear that particular thing today that was a message I needed today so I get that quite often with your podcast. So what's it like when you're actually hosting the podcast? What's the impact of those conversations from within as opposed to without? Wow. I, I, I don't know about you, Giles. I, 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 I'm not sure I think about it that much. Like I think I know we, we, we try really hard to let the guests drive the conversation and we don't, especially if it's a really big guest and we think there might be like a few times you and I have chatted before and be like, oh, if they talk about this, that'd be great. But we, we really try not to like, we're not a newspaper, so we're not trying to get a line or trying to get a headline. We just want to chat to someone and make them feel comfortable. And if they don't want to talk about anything in particular, that's fine. We don't care. So we try and let them drive it. And it's almost like they're sort of like sliding down a hill and we're just like prodding them in the right sort of direction to make sure they sort of get down to the bottom of the hill. And it's a nice, it's a, that's an awful analogy. It doesn't make any sense Pushing at all. Pushing people down a hill. Yeah, that sounds yeah. really nice. Yeah, that sounds like we're really maybe like up a hill. Like. Maybe up a hill, but then that sounds like it's hard work. But Anyway, the point being, we, we we try and let them drive it. Um, well, obviously, I say Giles Giles lets them drive it, and I just react to what they're saying, and that's it. Seems to work as a formula. Is that how you don't cross over? Because you're quite good at not crossing over each other. It's you notice that sometimes when people are doubly hosted, you're quite good at managing to sound. Maybe it's because there is we only have episodes, one of you. Though, don't we, Giles? We had like last week. I felt like I was. Talk, talk, I had to apologise after. I thought. I, I think it's harder now. Knows. We're on. No, I just don't then. Um, I think it's harder. When <laughs> well done, on... live demonstration. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's harder when we're on Zoom. I think yeah. when we used to do them in person, it was easier to like, give ourselves a like little. Yeah. We would kind of there'd be like a knowing sort of look or something, you know. Yeah. Like, go on, answer question now. Um, I mean, going back to your question, I mean, I, I get a huge amount out of our conversations, and I would be something I um, reflect on. I, I think I've changed as a person having done the podcast. I've it's really had a very big impact on my life I have to say um probably why we can continue to to, to make it as well I, I I've learned so much along the way and there's been some really yeah very impactful conversations with with people I mean I can and particularly sometimes it's often with people that maybe not quite so high profile well known you know we've had people like Sarah an actress called Sarah Bolondo came on and told us about um uh, an accident she had a car severe car accident and she was a professional tennis player and then she her, she her arm was basically paralyzed for a while and she had to have all multiple operations on it she could never play tennis again um and you know that was i was in t- like bawling with you know with, when that was happening and then you know so it's often though sometimes you don't even realize it's happening until you're sort of there and you're having these people expressing themselves and i guess that's again is the the benefit of a podcast is people can often forget they're kind of being recorded and just enjoy you know and hopefully that's down to Jim and I hope making people feel comfortable yeah. but 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 they're able to open up and feel feel safe enough to talk about these things that have been massively impactful in their lives but yeah I mean uh, I, I didn't think it would have such a profound effect on me I have to say when going in I thought it'd be you know great opportunity to talk to some cool people <laughs> yeah, yeah um but actually there's yeah it's had yeah, like I say it's had a really profound effect on me in life I mean I learn so much every week is yeah, it the I, same for you Jim has it yeah has it, yeah definitely I I, I I find there are some weeks that we do it and I'm just not in the, not in the mood and I'm, I just feel like I'm just, oh, and then we do it. And I've told you this already, Giles. And, um, and then we do it and I, every single one I come away from, I feel lighter. I, like I've had a nice conversation with a friend and sometimes they're really deep. You know, we had, we had David Harewood on and 
I was crying for, I'd say, about 80% of that episode. And it was so, and he just got so real about all his, his breakdown and, and everything. And, and um, that was, I, that, I think about that episode quite a lot. But sometimes it's just a nice chat. But I always, I do it in the, my cabin in my garden. And I always walk back down my sort of commute back home, feeling happier. And so that's a nice sort of byproduct of, I think, doing podcasts with with anyone, really. But certainly with the people we get. Um, so, yeah, but there are def- definitely times where I think, and again, I think it's just my sort of creative mindset. I think I'm just not, I'm not in this today. I don't feel like it. And yet doing the pod always sort of lifts me out of it. So it's like, again, like Giles said, it's basically, it is basically free therapy. It's funny how those, especially, I think it sort of was hard for us to imagine, wasn't it, at the start of lockdown, that we could actually have meaningful connections mm. in this way. You know, we're doing this on Zoom. And then uh, there's something about the lead up. I have this a bit with gigs, and I don't know if it's the same in the writing process when you're writing kind of actual books as opposed to kind of knob gags. But when you're sometimes, there's no link between how unenthusiastic I feel going into an interview or a gig as compared to then what happens on stage or on air. So I, I sometimes find the challenge with what we do is you're going from naught to 60 with no cheerleading team. So one minute mm. you're sitting at the table, you've had a row with your partner or whatever's gone on, the builders have messed something up and, and then you've got to just turn up and be all jazz hands. And I find the bit where you're actually doing the jazz hands bit fairly effortless but there's so much effort that goes into getting it to that point sometimes. And I think that's the bit. So people see the, someone described to me, you know, imposter syndrome as Oliver Berkman as comparing your insides to other people's outsides. And I think that's a really, so it's, and actually that's one of the things your podcast does. It shows the insides, doesn't it? And makes you, but, but it's that, it's a weird thing, isn't it? That sometimes the easiest part of the day I find is the bit where we're actually doing this now, not the prep for this, not the editing notes, just doing this. And if they, if that's all you had to do, (laughs) that would be great. But there's a real disparity between these bits that are clean and lovely and we're just in it. And then all the other crap around. I don't know if that's the same for you two. Well, the admin, isn't it, Giles? Like the life admin that goes around every if we could just do the creative thing that we love all the time, actually, maybe that'd be really tiring, but I think it'd be more enjoyable, but the admin around setting up the thing you've got to do, traveling to the gig or whatever, or, or getting in the mindset for it or, or, or emailing someone about setting up some meeting or whatever. That's all the boring stuff is more draining than actually doing the thing. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could do more. I wish I could do more creative stuff in the moment stuff, but that's not how life works. You need you have to have the admin, unfortunately, it's just part of it. It's so but that's why I think partly it's it's also the talent of being able to write. But when I think about what you got, I mean, you're both producing a lot of really kind of high quality content in different sort of media. But how do you do that? So on the writing side, Giles, mm. you've got to set aside, you just have to, there'll always be more admin you're meant to be doing, and there'll always be a kid who needs something and something you're meant to be doing around the house. But somehow in amidst all of the clutter, you're like, no, but now it's my time to write. Even that skill to me is something I feel I can't achieve. Yeah, I think with the writing stuff, I mean, I guess I, I don't try and set like, I know some writers say, oh, I've got to get up at nine and do at least three hours of writing. I can't do that. Um, so it's got to be fairly organic and be in the mood for it and stuff. And then, you know, I'm lucky that I've got other things I can do as well. And so I can kind of juggle it around like inverted collars commas proper work or or paid work or whatever it might be that week um and just kind of yeah if if the if the moment takes me then i can go and do it and then you know it it um i can let it flow out in those moments i mean what i have started doing is actually there's a uh, it comes up quite a lot on the podcast there's a little cafe down the road for me uh called backers and i just go in there and it's just a really nice atmosphere in there. It's like a little coffee coffee bar and I'll sit. And um, I do, I've been doing quite a lot of writing in there. So in the mornings I might go and do an hour of writing down there and, and that's my writing time. Um, but I try not to, yeah, to be too regimented and structured about it. You know, I remember reading about, I think it was Alexander McCall Smith, who's a very prolific author like he he will not be satisfied unless he's done like I don't know like ten thousand words. And that's people day, like you know. that that put me off um, even starting. Yeah, and I think oh don't don't be like I mean it's fine obviously that works for him and he's you know he's I've got, that's the thing I'm not just doing writing in in my life I'm doing lots of other things as well so I can't be as rigorous and structured as that uh, and that's fine I guess you find what works for you don't you. Mm. Um, 
but yeah so I try not to be too as disciplined as that um with it and I feel like it that works for me to just be you know just do it as and when I feel the desire or need it's funny that idea of environment being so important. I know, you know, right back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, environments are the absolute, you know, fundamental sort of, it's, it's the cornerstone of everything that we then build on. And it is, it, when I, whenever I do end up somewhere like that, I'm not normally, so, you know, I met someone down on the South Bank at a cafe to do a bit of writing with a, with a mate. And I was like, God, I should just come down here sometimes. Like, I know it's a pain because it was only half an hour from me, but I was like, I, why don't I do that sometimes? I like, literally stop faffing about and just get yeah, yeah. on the tube a walk or whatever so I do I do lots of things I do lots of walking outside and thinking outside like look that's always my kind of replenishment if I mm. if I can't spend at least two hours in a day walking or running or out then I feel don't feel as well and as capable but yeah I do often think about the kind of cafes moving to cap doing so I, I, do, I, I never really managed to do it and actually also you delineate the time then it's like I've gone to the cafe to write yeah so yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to then sit in the cafe not writing whereas yeah. you might go downstairs to the kitchen table to write and yeah. next thing you know you've cleaned out the fridge and played with the cat for an hour i mean i think <laughs> yeah. when for example like writing the blank book i didn't all that pretty much wrote all my sections of that in in the cafe and it was what was great was i could just listen to other people's conversations and then get into conversations with people and try you know try not trying out the material but i could ask people about certain things that were going on in in the book and get sort of your responses and stuff and that was really useful was, you did know, you delegate so, the writing know. to a barista you had a whole, yeah basically you had a whole writing team you absolute fucker uh, no, yeah, yeah it's all coming out now no. um no i wouldn't have trusted any of them with the words but it was really good it was good to be able to sort of yeah just have conversations but i think again like i think conversations you know we go back to the podcast it's just i just find it so um inspiring just to have conversations with people and, it's, and everyone has a story don't they that's one of the things yeah, i missed exactly. so much about um those serendipitous moments that we all had so with unthinkingly before lockdown and i think they've come back to a degree but that world is still a bit different isn't it and those you know those lovely conversations you'd have when a you know when a train got stuck somewhere or you ended up you having a flight diverted and you have these yeah. amazing i know they're not all travel related but when you have that or you have a conversation just waiting to buy a drink or something and then suddenly something massively interesting or uplifting that's what i like about having a dog is every single day yes of course, i've had yeah. incredible i mean just lovely touching conversations also a lot of irritating ones um yeah. but you just want a t-shirt saying his name's jeff he's three months old and he's a miniature <laughs> yeah, yeah. wirehead dachshund uh, any other questions uh, but but it, but those lovely conversations and those really and people also telling you really meaningful things about why they've got a dog. I, I said to somebody the other day about him being a furry antidepressant, and then this guy only quickly wasn't attention. Just told me this really touching story um, about his wife, and I was like, oh my god, what and what a privilege he he was willing to tell me that story and mm. he didn't know who I was. And I think those, it's those moments that are lovely. And if you had to pick, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the three questions I ask everybody. Um, but I do want to ask each of you, given you've got this quite um, prolific back catalogue of shows and you released some classic ones when you took a, um, a breather and there's some really lovely ones there. So anybody who's, we'll, we'll put links to all of this in the show notes, Thank you. but anybody who's wanting to sort of get a sense of the podcast, it's very easily signposted, particularly at the moment with those recent episodes as well. Those, those um, from the archive classics. But if you do, do either, you mentioned a couple, but if you each had to pick a sort of a guest or a moment on your own podcast that really stands out, I mean, I silence. Yeah. <laughs> my my main problem is my memory is is not very good. So I we had this. I think we had this question on when we went on Five Live, and I had to go back and through and look at the old episodes and be like, oh yeah, that person. Oh yeah, that one. Um, but I do often go back to the David Harewood episode. It was just so raw. It was just. Mm -hmm. I again, I like you said there, Callie. I felt like privileged that he'd shared that with us and let us into his world in that moment it is a privilege it was, isn't it when people yeah. i think thank you thanking people i'll often thank people on my one because people often come on a bit guarded and then they come off and i'll always edit stuff out sometimes people reveal yeah you know stephen k amos talked really movingly about losing his sister and i don't think he'd talked much about that before and mm -hmm. And I and I always say afterwards, if I didn't want through rapport <laughs> to yeah. make you say the thing that now you're like, yeah. why did I say it? Yeah. Um, but but it is those moments, and it is a huge honor, and and it's a huge privilege for us to get to be the ones at the front line hearing those stories, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like probably the most precious thing that we could possibly be doing in our lives. Yeah, because you kind of feel like in if you're in that moment as the guest, would I like to share those stories about myself? And if I felt comfortable enough, I probably would. I think we all we're all striving for connection and striving to 
share the bits about us that maybe we don't share publicly because they're important to us. I mean, Gary Neville came on the podcast and um, he's a footballer. Callie, uh, I, I didn't yeah. know that. That was the only <laughs> okay. Chris Sutton and Gary Neville. They're the only Gary two Neville, footballers yeah. that aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's two Wayne, yeah. Wayne, somebody. I don't it's know who he was. Yeah. There's yeah. loads of Waynes in in yeah. the 2000s. Every footballer was called Wayne for yeah. a period, but no. And actually, in the 90s, most were called Gary. But he, um, he was actually probably quite guarded at the start. But right at the end, when we were wrapping up, he started talking about his dad having passed away, and when he was managing out in Spain, and he wished his dad was up. He'd look her up in the stands and wishing his dad was still there because he was struggling and stuff. Really like poignant stuff. And I, again, I just felt very privileged and, and also really sort of proud of the fact that Giles and I clearly created a sort of a comfortable enough environment mm. for people to feel like they can share that stuff. And that's just, as you say, like being able to let into these little conversations and people's days and their moments and their feet. It, it's, it's very nice. It's, 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 it's sort of heartwarming and reassuring, but also, yeah, a real privilege. And it's very, in, it's a very intimate connection, isn't it? Emotionally. I mean, you hear, I think we can all, um, the sort of comfort of strangers in a way, like if you don't know someone very well, but know them a bit, just enough to sort of connect it to do what we're all doing. There is a safeness in that. You know, there's, uh, my parents listen to this every week and we haven't actually had this conversation. Maybe we will after this bit, but they, I, I think they've probably learned loads about me. They didn't know. And that we'd yeah. never, I would never have sort of just said to them and it would not because I don't have a good relationship with them, but it wouldn't have come up at yeah. a family get together. Um, so it's interesting, isn't it? How you get those intimate insights in unlikely ways. That's the beauty of a good podcast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it goes back to that thing about the, the privilege and, you know, it's a privilege every week, whoever comes on, it's, it's always a privilege to see these people willing to talk about their lives and stuff. And, and for me, I guess similar to Jim, that was it's sometimes those those podcasts that you're not expecting it necessarily. Yeah. You know, you, you sort of go in thinking we're just going to talk about their their careers and stuff, and then you go off onto another a path, which is you know, and they open up about very various different things. I mean, it's been a joy to sit down with so many like big heroes around. I mean, like people like Louis Farouk and like you said earlier, John Monson and um Stephen Fry I got I mean you know it's, it's um, and Dawn Fred I mean god like, the list goes on I mean it's just a bit crazy when we look back at the, you know when we were doing the book we, we got to you know I went back and listened to lots of the old episodes I think fuck we've we've talked to some really, really amazing have. people you really and you don't have. you just don't think about it at the time you just got oh okay got to worry about next week's guest you know you kind of and then you think wow really mind-blowing sometimes um so that privilege is always there in the forefront but yeah I think talking to Troy Townsend was a big one for me, Jim. Yeah. I know um, um, Troy's um, spokesman for kick it out. Um, football, another football person. Football, another yeah. football person. But um, he talked op- very openly about his son passing away at a very early age. And I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking, but it, again, he felt comfortable enough to talk about that. And actually we sort of ended up sort of trying to keep in touch with Troy afterwards, just to make sure, you know, a bit of duty of care, really. I think mm. we felt because, yeah. you know, he really, was very raw in that episode and uh you know i still sort of contact troy now and again see how he's doing and things just because yeah i think it's important to keep that you know it's important to keep that um you know it's very lovely of him to sort of feel like he could open up about this stuff and yeah it's a very vulnerable thing it's funny mm. that we've all picked i talked about stephen k amos before I yeah asked you guys the question. we've all picked something to do with death and actually one of the things that's so powerful and we perhaps don't talk about enough in life is is loss whether it's actual loss or whether it's living loss and I actually yeah. there's so much at the moment I talked about um to Rich Wilson about this and I did his um insane in the Fembrain podcast but we're all grappling with at the very least living loss after what we've yeah. all gone through and probably yeah. at worst actual loss in a more tangible way and hearing other people it is a real I think it's such a reassurance as well as people to hear that because it's a very solitary process sort of grieving whatever your own version of loss is at that time and I think often that's where mental health comes from is unreconciled version of loss my therapist I've been in therapy and you know most of well certainly most of my adult life and my therapist said to me the other day you know it's not about not feeling the loss you know um, but it's about taking the loss what you decide to do once you felt it because you can feel that loss and feel the pain and inhabit it and decide to move forward or you can just st- get stuck in inertia in the pain um, mm. and in the loss and I thought that's a really interesting way so it's not about denying it or pretending you've just got to have a stiff upper lip um, but yeah it's interesting that we've all we've all ended up talking we've all ended up talking about death so that'll have cheered everyone up uh, <laughs> and it's only 11 on a Monday for us recording this so the day's going to go up from here but I think if you've if you've experienced something it's it's always reassuring, obviously, to, I mean, the idea of the podcast was to sort of 
hear from other creative people at the beginning to, to, to find some sort of empathy and comfort from the fact that some other people might be experiencing the same thing that we would be experiencing. Yeah. And obviously doing the book, we, Jim and I both realized that we'd experienced quite a lot of the things that our guests have experienced, you know, whether that is social anxiety or public failure or grief or whatever the thing. So I think being able to come alongside these people um, on certain subjects and then also learning about things that you might not have experienced is just why it's so such a brilliant thing to be able to do. Namaste, motherfuckers. What would you pick, each of you, as your namaste, motherfucking, life-changing moment? I, I, well... So m- mine is kind of on brand with blank, actually, in that I actually don't, I actually think I'm still waiting for mine. I'm actually not sure I've had, I mean, I did say earlier, my memory's terrible. And I'm, I quite, I was thinking about this last night, trying to go back and think of moments. And there probably have mm. been moments. I know every week on the podcast, there's at least one thing someone says that I think that makes me sort of tilt my head to one side and think, oh, that's interesting. And so that in, it, in itself is little moments throughout my week or month that make me see things differently. But I think I'm still waiting for my my big moment. Um, maybe it's happened. I don't know. But I couldn't I couldn't pin one out. Uh sorry, pin one down. That was a cross team. Pin pin one down and pick one out. Pin one out. Um but yeah, I think I'm still waiting for it. I love well, it. I that's, like, that's a, a first, Jim. No one Is said it? that on the podcast. Yeah. But is that a good is that a good thing to th- think to be sort of like, I'm open for it. I'm ready for it. I love and it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I, and also we're all about we want to be open to the possibility of life and sort of live it, don't we? And actually, actually be, actually turn up for yeah. what might be our namaste motherfucking moment. Um, so yeah. I love the fact that, yeah, you haven't had it yet. You know, when your your partner hears this, she might be like, I thought when you met me, it was quite um, a big moment. You know, when the baby was born, <laughs> yeah. well, thanks. <laughs> We've got to uh, yeah, Thanks yeah. for not having had any important moments <laughs> and uh, here are the divorce papers. Oh, so yeah. also you just cut that be out. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well done, Jim. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say the opposite. I've had, I think I've had multiple moments. Um, I don't know if that's allowed. Can I have one of yours? You can have, yeah, sure, man. He's gonna give Which one do you want? One. Death? Um, <laughs> love? <laughs> I feel like a buffet. I just picked a little bit of each. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been several moments throughout my life where I've that has led me to the part, you know, to the path I'm on. And I guess also it's again, it's embracing those moments and thinking, actually, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am and not feeling like what would life have been like if those things hadn't happened the way they've happened? Um, which I think we can all be a bit guilty of feeling about sometimes. I think actually thinking, oh, I wish, I wish that thing had happened or not happened rather, um, and where would I be? But I, you know, I think it's learning to be grateful for the fact that I'm where I am now. I'm doing, you know, I've got a lovely family. Um, I've got, um, I've got a roof over my head, food on mm. in the cupboards, and I'm able to do most of the time things that I enjoy doing. Um, so it's that knowing that those things have happened and, You've you've led a path that's you know come out of various different moments in your life that probably, ideally, you would not have wanted to go through, but but have had to, and you're a good place, you know. And um, I, that, you know, that's what for me. I've always felt felt a lot of gratitude, and um, I've always tried to express that as much as possible. Um, so that doesn't really answer your question because <laughs> it's a bit sort of vague. Um, like a football way of avoiding awesome. it, but um, but yeah, yeah Boris I say. Johnson. it does actually because it's Um, i think it's it's well what's coming out of that is a sense of resilience that like you've gone that that, and and there was a lovely article in the guardian this weekend which i'll put a link to in the notes because this will come out a little time after the article was out but it was somebody writing about um a cataclysmic breakup when she was 25 and she's now um, a way older than 25 and she'd been with someone five years and she didn't see it coming and they were at a train station and he ended it and they didn't see each other again and now looking at the all the things that have come from that not just the cliche you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger but literally almost like a sort of um itemized series of things that wouldn't have happened without that and it was just really beautifully written it wasn't trite it 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 was actually saying yeah this is the absolute most bloody awful thing that can happen and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but it was a really beautifully written piece and again it actually ultimately was about you know that vulnerability and ultimate resilience that she just wouldn't have had if that hadn't happened um so I've just decided that's what you were saying (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that was kind of what, not as erudite. No, absolutely. No, no, mouth. because I think there are, you know, you, what, you, you could call them tests or kinks in the road, whatever they are. We, you, you, you come across these things as you go along, and it's how one how you kind of go through those moments, but yeah, and how you come out of them, and if do they, yeah, you know, do they improve your life or do they, you know, make you a, a stronger person, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I lost my mum at an early age and I, you know, you often think, oh, what if my mum would still be around? But I, I probably wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing now, you know, um, and as much as I want, would like my mum to be around, uh, at the same time, I'm doing things I want to do now and I'm happy that I'm on the path I'm on. So, you know, these things happen in life and you just have to kind of experience them and learn to live with them and what you were saying earlier about that kind of you know these traumas that we have and sometimes you do have to kind of make friends with these traumas and and kind of live alongside them yeah definitely yeah. it's not yeah. trying to drive, drive them out I think that's the yeah. thing that I've realized is like literally leaning is when I first started doing mindfulness and I would sort of start doing my mindfulness and I would always start crying um and I was like well, this isn't going to be much fun and, but then it, it was amazing when I started doing longer practice you know 40 minutes 50 minutes 60 minutes and I'd be like that must have passed. I'm not looking at the clock, but I reckon that yeah. crying passed, just passed through me. And within a couple of minutes, I was into something else by just letting that come in. And I, that was a real yeah. metaphor for me of like, okay, yeah, so everything's trying to tell you something in life, you know, just yeah. let it in and feel it. Um, so thank you for those two quite different namaste motherfucking responses. So you're obviously similar voice, different people, uh, which your listeners <laughs> will be confirmed. pleased to know. Yeah. Thank you for confirming that. Um, and what is each of your favourite joke? Uh, another thing I struggle with because I, 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 my memory is terrible. I forget All comedians I heard... struggle with this, which is a bit of a worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we do. I've already got one joke. Um, it's, it's, it's quite juvenile. That's, um, that's, that's fine. It, as in it's like the sort of joke of kids tell well mine's a dad joke so there we go we got okay both, both i suppose it is a bit daddy um what do you call an exploding ape oh i feel like i'm so close go on a baboon yeah my son's a primate keeper giles so i'll be passing that on okay yeah <laughs> Excellent. Should have heard that one. Surely. If your son, if your thirteen-year-old's listening, he'll be like, "Oh Jesus, Dad! I hope they cut oh, that, that one is out." That is such <laughs> a joke, Dad. You're so cringe. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Giles, for yours. I'm apportioning your jokes with a name in case anyone got confused which of you was telling which <laughs> yeah, joke. The that's Jim's joke. That's Jim's joke. <laughs> yeah, Jim. What a shit joke. No, so thank you, Giles. Jim, your joke. So I saw this on. Um, there's quite a few TikTok accounts that are like dad jokes. This, people, people yeah. telling each other dad jokes. So I saw this literally the other day. And it was one guy uh, talking to another person. He said, um, what did the drummer call his twins? Oh. Anna one, Anna two. <laughs> See, it was a, I'd like everyone to know as well that we got the hand, we got the drumming hand gesture yeah. with that. So yeah. amazing. Oh, nice. that tickled me. That's a very, very much a dad joke. But, so uh, you guys, you know. you're so mature in your content on blank and <laughs> so basic in your humour. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> love very that. basic. And what would you each pick as your, um, if you had to give one bit of life advice to anybody listening, what would it be for each of you? Um, mine was what I was saying to my son the other day, actually, my youngest, who was having some sort of issues at school. And I was talking to him about, um, he was reflecting on some sort of past events. And I said, and I just said, look, don't about that. they've gone those moments. Just don't worry about it. I said, if you, continue to sort of think about the past all the time i said it's going to make you really sad so don't think about the past and the other thing is don't think about what's ahead because that'll just make you anxious try and stay in the middle and stay present so that was that was my bit of advice for him and it's something that i'm continually trying to learn to do more myself God, brilliant really thank you Jules. i think that is also that that is probably the switch if we could trip that would be yeah. transformative for everyone, wouldn't it? And it's something yeah. that lots of, I'm also in a bit of a quest for that. Maybe even knowing that we are trying to get that, it gets us yeah. a bit closer to it. Thank you, Giles. Jim, Oh man, how beat do, that I, I, man. Should have, I should have gone, oh, yeah, how do yeah. I follow that? He just was the, he was just the headliner there, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I'll go back on afterwards. Yeah, and... now you're the MC trying to close yeah, the night. Exactly, yeah. Just be very, I would be very quick at that point. <laughs> Just do the Thanks for coming. Let's do get the house this coming. Done. The next night is next month. Thanks for coming. <laughs> See you later. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And tell your friends. 
my brilliant guests today Jim Daly and Giles Paley Phillips so that's almost it for this week every episode I pick a thing inspired by my guest that I am going to do or in this case by my guests and it's going to be all about creative environments so I spend most of my time I used to be working in my office and nowadays it's working at the kitchen table because I'm trying to keep um, at least half an eye out on the puppy not pissing and shitting on the floor um, so I'm going to start to chop it up a bit um, I'm going to go to some cafes might try working at a friend's place instead of my own puppy permitting um and actually when i did the research for this episode i was sitting with my laptop in the garden which i never do don't know why it was very nice don't hate me for having a garden i live in camden my garden is the size of a tea towel so that is it for this week thank you so much for listening please remember to rate review and recommend the show and we'll be back in your feed next thursday as always when i'll be talking to comedian Stephen Grant. The cycling started as a begrudging embrace of sport. Namaste Motherfuckers was written and presented by me, Callie Beaton, and produced by Mike Hansen and Karusha Dami for Pod People Productions, with music by Jake Yap. I'm Callie Beaton. Until next time, motherfuckers. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.